Welcome to Ball vs. Life, a podcast where your hosts, JC and Jack, discuss NorCal vs. SoCal perspectives, the Bay vs. LA. Thanks for tuning in. Let's roll. This is Ball vs. Life, and this episode we're going to kick it old school, JC. Just me and you, buddy. Yeah, No guests, man. No guests. I feel like it's been a minute. It's, you know, in many ways it feels like uh, we've been doing the... The all the smoke model, you know what I mean? Where yeah. we stack jack and Matt Barnes, we're just having people come through. It's, it's stay sharp, man. We gotta, we gotta, I know. we gotta do this once. once in a we while. got, we got no one else to throw the ball to. <laughs> we're no so used to have, used to passing it off to somebody else. Now it feels weird, bro. <laughs> yeah, but you know what? It's it's good to have people come in. Everybody has a story. I really like yeah. that model. So um, yeah. soon enough, we're gonna have uh, more folks come through and uh, tell their stories and their perspectives. So. There's actually a reason why we didn't have a guest this time because we didn't really have time to bring in a guest. Because this past weekend, I came to see you, buddy. Well, I mean, technically, I went to see my sister, but I wanted to hit up you also, since my sister lives in San Jose. Yeah. Yeah, man. Yeah, I mean, I know it was a little bit of a hectic uh, trip for you, um, just to spend with family and with social distancing. Um, yeah, dude. You know, it's really not the, the vibe to really kind of uh, hit people up. But with that said, we were very responsible, you know, if anything, well, we kind of just managed to grab a bite and, and just catch up a little bit, talk about the pod. But yeah, but man. before we get into that, though, there was a little scare for you, dude. Like, I actually was a little scared to see you um, because I planned my trip up. But you kind of had a little scare with the COVID situation, man. Yeah, man. You know, give us the deets, dude. We're, give us the we're, details. We're jumping man. It on it right away. Man. Yeah, man. No, <laughs> business. Um. Yeah, man, it's uh, I was actually kind of struggling to uh, think about whether or not I wanted to talk about it on the pod since it's going to be on the interwebs forever. But I thought about it and I think it would be actually an interesting story to share. But um, like uh, what we discussed in the last pod um, with Leo coming through, uh, I mm-hmm. find myself back home, man. I'm back in the Bay. Yeah, back man. to my stomping grounds. Uh, primary reason why I'm back in the Bay is um, childcare has finally mm. opened, and I know a bunch of our diff- uh, other colleagues, Leo for one, um, had an option to bring the kids back uh, into daycare. And I don't know, man, it was a really tough decision uh, for me and my wife to, you know, mm-hmm. kind of go back to what was normal pre-COVID, and we were like, man, should we do it? Should we not? But eventually, yeah. we, you know, after some much deliberation we were like all right you know daycares open up they got all of these um standards protocols practices yeah. for post-covid um let's take the um, let's take the plunge and get them back in because the kids actually really love the daycare yeah. um you know what i mean they're tired so, of hanging out with you dude yeah, like, they want they want some yeah. other like little buddies <laughs> exactly i don't blame them man you know <laughs> Uh, I was kind of getting tired of them too. To be <laughs> <laughs> just kidding, just kidding, just kidding. Um, but um, so yeah, we brought them back to daycare, and it was dope, man. Like the first week, yeah. it was nice to be able to kind of get them back in the in in, in the mix. The kids yeah. were, you know, I mean, for kids, uh, for for folks that have kids um, that's been in daycare, if they've been brought up in that setup, dude, mm-hmm. like that's where these kids thrive like they 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 uh do well in structure yeah Uh, i was getting back and productive at work i was like hosting meetings everything was 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 great 
um, a week in to the uh, the daycare setup on the weekend, I get this dreaded email. Oh no, dude! <laughs> uh, so the email comes from the administrator um, mm. of the daycare, and the daycare was like, uh, "We got <laughs> one of the staff members." Uh, test positive for covid so i was like Yikes. holy shit man um i was i was tripping man was you were tripping, tripping dude yeah. <laughs> i had to yeah. i had to talk you off the ledge dude. yeah man well you know i mean no no understandably give, give, so give, given the environment yeah. that we're in yeah. um you know there's just a lot of additional question marks that come through yeah. with um you know having uh exposure uh to someone that has tested positive it wasn't me directly, but it was yeah. my child, which actually makes it even a little bit more precarious and kind of worrisome, right? Yeah. So I was tripping. Um, so my biggest fears had come into fruition. Mm-hmm. <laughs> a week <laughs> into it, dude. It was, a, it was a crazy reality check um, in terms of the whole situation. Um, and it, it just... It pretty much just uh, triggered a bunch of different things that we had to mm. do, precautions yeah. to make sure that everything was good to go. Um, one of the biggest things is um, getting tested for the little one. Um, yeah. My youngest is just about a year old, and mm-hmm. having ex- been exposed to one of the the caretakers, especially in a daycare setting where they're really kind of close to each other, yeah, like, you're worried that it's you know it's you know covid can can come through so i had to talk to the pediatrician Mm. make sure we can kind of get the little guy tested um and go through that whole whole process after getting tested uh the little guy getting tested i had to get tested as well just because we're exposed to the kids same with my wife so it was a little bit of a crazy journey man well tell us how i actually want to really know i mean you kind of told me a little bit but for the audience what was getting tested like? I mean, what was the whole process? I mean, did they stick this Q-tip up your nose, like all the way up to your brain, dude? Yeah, <laughs> yeah, dude. <laughs> I mean, I, I'm sure a lot of us, especially given all the coverage with COVID, it's kind of yeah. seen like all of these little snippets on like the news and people yeah, getting the drive-through testing. Yeah, yeah, exactly. So um, it was actually relatively straightforward. I think mm. uh, it's not as easy as you think where you can just kind of go up to a place. I, although there are some services where you can just mm-hmm. kind of go up and get tested, but like, at least through my healthcare setup, like we had to get a uh, approval from the doctor. I mean, I guess they didn't want to make sure that, <laughs> you know, not droves of people just go, go through to get yeah. tested. So you need to make sure that you, the doctor kind of speaks with you and just kind of, um, gets you um, set up uh, for an appointment. So I had to bring my baby through this little drive-through appointment um, um, uh, over here um, near our house um, over yeah. at the hospital. Um, and basically what happens is it's like a freaking hazmat situation there, dude. Like, there's like, <laughs> I guess, nurses or technicians or whomever that pretty much give you all the instructions like by hand signals or they have like these laminated postcards with instructions in terms of what you got to do and you just drive up to that um, to that station that they have set up and then they literally have to swab um, two uh, 
it feels like a foot long swab oh, uh, oh, snap. Uh, up your your nostrils so I, in both nostrils and then they t- stick a swab down your throat oh. um so i'll tell you this like just to kind of share my story um is um at least for the little one who had to get tested first like the, mm-hmm. the one-year-old that i have dude that was brutal no He's just chilling in the back seat, not knowing what's going on. <laughs> and then you have a freaking, you know, astronaut come, come up to the the back door while your mom and dad restrain you from the head head and arms oh, as they God. stick up. What a freaking... nightmare, dude, for a kid. <laughs> so it was it was brutal for my for my one year old. I felt really bad for him. He was bugging. Yeah, um, dude. He was bugging when it when it happened. Um, and then you know he took it like a soldier man um and um you know the good thing that came out of it i don't think i even actually told you about the results but i'm just kind of <laughs> i was people. like drum roll dude <laughs> i know right um uh, my my little one tested negative so that was good man and him testing negative bodes well for for me the and my wife fam. just because yeah. you know he's the one that kind of got exposure to mm-hmm. um to the person that I tested positive. Uh, I'll tell you this, like even when they test you as negative, they still kind of give you a little disclaimer saying like, mm. these tests are not completely infallible. You still got to mm. take the necessary precautions to make sure that um, you're good to go. But for the most part, you know, I mean, this is what you have to, <laughs> to, to work with, right? In this yeah. environment. Um, and I, after a couple of days, I had to go through the, um, the testing process myself, man. It was brutal. Like, um, I don't know if they went as hard uh, with the baby as they did with me, but when they stuck up that uh, that one foot swab, it felt like it was straight up my like. It doesn't feel like it's it's straight up to your brain per se. I know everybody kind of uses that, but it feels like it was straight up went to up to my eye. Dude. So just imagine like sticking like a big ass Q tip up your nose for ten seconds up to your eye. It's still brutal, man. I think I kind of teared up a little bit um, going through that process. And then after the two nostrils for 10 seconds, they stick a, a freaking uh, swab up your throat as well. Damn. Needless to say, man, it was, uh, it was brutal. <laughs> Were you nerve-wracking? Uh, was it nerve-wracking getting the results? Like just Even though you know your boy obviously tested negative, so mm-hmm. it bodes well for you, but I'm sure yeah. it's still nerve-wracking, dude. Like y- you, could, you could technically still have it. It's yeah. not like, yeah. you know... It's, without the realm of possibility like well, were you, how nervous were you dude dude i was hella nervous well i was hella nervous for the little one after i got the news just because you know it opens up all of these these questions right in terms of what's next what to do yeah. why you know why you know why us why you know what i mean it's just it's just like it's like a bunch of different questions um so it was nerve-wracking to wait for the results, at least for the first, um, for the for my little one, for my kid. Um, yeah. Um, and then after him getting uh, uh, a negative uh, assessment, it kind of lightened up a little bit, but you still kind of mm-hmm. spook that you know, you know, that there's that's there's something there. But the more results that you get, uh, the more better the the better you feel overall in terms of of that. I tested negative. The wife tested negative. There as well, you go. <laughs> just so you know. Um, but just having to go through the the process, man, it's really brutal. Um, it's just a, it's just a, it's a very tiring process. Um, so, 
Well, I'm glad you shared just your experience with it and also with the daycare because it's something that a lot of parents obviously are dealing with. And mm-hmm. again, you, I'm sure you're not the first parent that has brought their kid back to daycare mm-hmm. and then someone on the staff has tested positive because, I mean, I, we talked offline a lot of times like this is just going to be a reality for everybody. Yeah. You know, we're all going back to work. We're all putting our kids going to like people are putting their kids back to school out, outside of even daycare come this fall or whatever. People are going to start testing positive. That's just unavoidable, dude. Like it's just there's no no one can can isolate themselves because everyone goes home. Everyone goes to see other people like it's impossible. I mean, yeah. it's just kind of the reality. So like for you to go through that experience is is eye opening for for anybody who's listening and for myself too dude like yeah. the fact that you were like oh dude i'm going to get an email in a day or two <laughs> you know with the results i was i was nervous for you and knowing especially i'm going to drive up and potentially see you <laughs> yeah exactly exactly i mean obviously if if uh, if, if the results were yeah. otherwise uh, you know we would yeah. be in telling a very different story <laughs> yeah dude but you you make a very good point um, it just sucks to be the guinea pig <laughs> in this whole new process. But uh-huh. it, you know, it was it was you know it was a choice in many ways. Uh, you yeah. know, I got I, I kind of got to own up with that um, um, that uh, that uh, perspective of it. Mm-hmm. But at the same time, it's just like like what you said. Like as things slowly o- open up, and it's inevitable. Mm-hmm. Like unless they lock us down again. Even possible, if they lock dude. us down again, like yeah. it's gonna be something that's gonna be a possibility for for everybody. And uh, I don't know, man. I feel like as testing becomes a little bit more available, mm-hmm. and uh, and cross reference that with just the poss- you know, more exposure that people are gonna get. I mean, it's almost. I almost expect people to, you know, majority of us to get tested at yeah. know, at least once. For sure. Within the next year, you know what I mean? And, you know, that's why I decided to share the story as personal yeah, as it is, yeah. just because, you know, it's just, it's just, a, I don't know, it's just an interesting experience, you know? It's it's, it's an interesting experience to go through, and um, I don't know. Maybe... Yeah, it's our, it's our new normal, dude. Yeah. Uh, yeah. <laughs> yeah. But you survive, man. Uh, yeah. You know? Yeah. I don't know what I was scared of, like, you know getting flu shots or this i think this is a little bit more scarier than a flu shot but and i think yeah because we understand the flu dude (laughs) (laughs) no but you know what i mean like yeah people are scared of needles and whatnot like just the idea of someone puncturing you i guess this is kind of a little bit on the next level and at least going back to my story what's nerve-wracking is the anticipation when it happens Mm-hmm. Like, especially when I went through my testing process after seeing what happened to my kid, yeah, <laughs> I'm dude. literally waiting there for half an hour <laughs> as like, you know, freaking 10 other people in their cars mm-hmm. uh, are being processed. And I'm just like, it's like that, that feeling when you're at like a, a roller coaster right yeah. before the drop. That's pretty much how it feels. But, you know feel that feeling for half an hour i'm like on my phone i don't know what i'm trying to do that's a drive-through line you don't want to be in i remember couple weeks ago you took a picture of the drive-thru line at a jollibee that's yeah. that's a different kind of drive-thru the rewards are different dude yeah, yeah, but i'm yeah. sure getting getting the negative result is just the biggest relief dude absolutely absolutely so i don't know man um you know it definitely it, really hit close to home for yeah. me uh at least for the past couple weeks and the shit is feels it, it it never felt realer than it did for for me <laughs> yeah well with that said i mean you tested negative and 
I felt very comforted to go see you. In fact, I when I went to visit you, yeah. I was more scared for you guys because I haven't been tested. Although I've been self quarantining and all yeah. that stuff, but you know, it made me actually more wary about myself. Where I was like, "Dang, man, you guys are I know, negative. Yeah. I don't want to like fuck things up for you guys." <laughs> I got a clean bill of health. Bro. I know, dude. I, I got the email to prove that shit. You got like that badge of honor right now. <laughs> I I could technically hoop right now. I could go to Orlando yeah, and try out for the Lakers. Bro. You could, man. <laughs> we we might need a guy, dude. <laughs> we got somebody who's sitting out, Avery Bradley. <laughs> <laughs> exactly exactly so how was that man like how was that how was that drive up how was how was uh, honestly i was wary about doing the drive because you know you know you don't want to really be traveling during these times yeah but it, the opportunity presented itself and you know rented a car and made sure like we wiped down everything so on that end it, we felt good but look there's no traffic like not many people are traveling so when we went up i hit up my sister you know with my mom and just did a lot of family time and that's that's when i was like Hey, bro, like, I know it's pretty random. I hit you up like, yeah. hey, man, I, I'm planning on coming up. Like, do you have time? And we managed, I managed to be able to drive up to uh, to South City and, and mm-hmm. see you. That, that was really cool, dude. I mean, the, the biggest, honestly, the, the best part of the weekend was hitting up Senior Seasick, dude. Oh, yeah, <laughs> Outside of seeing family, of course. When was the last time you had 10 years, dude? Dude, oh, man, it's got to be at least, like, freaking seven years. <laughs> yeah, I can imagine, man. So it was a long dude. time coming. Where we were speculating where we could eat. I mean, yeah. it's not like we had a lot of options to start with. Plus, you have a lot of places that you, you know, places here that are available down there. So I was just like, what can we eat with this dude? And a, sure enough, man, Senor Sisig. Easy, easy choice. It was, this is the right choice, dude. <laughs> that barnyard burrito, man. Got all the fixing in, in it. Yeah, yeah, Ugh. yeah. For folks that are not aware of what the barnyard mm-hmm. is... It, it almost seems like it was a secret menu item or they just kind of popped it uh, popped it open to the public recently. But mm-hmm. the Barnyard Burrito is pretty much everything, like every kind of meat that they have. Tofu, chicken, pork. They even have some egg in there. Oh, uh, and it's so just, good, like, man. It's, it's literally just... it's it, All the flavors infused in there. It's just explosion, dude. Yeah. Yeah, man. Senor Sisig, man. Filipino Mexican fusion man can't beat that. And I remember when I was up there, you, you know, you were driving me around to to pick up food, and we actually we also picked up uh what's uh boba guys, good good shit. Um, you were asking me like, how does it feel like to be back in the Bay? And honestly, it feels even though during COVID it's kind of weird, it feels really it felt really familiar, even though I've been gone for a long time. I mean, mm-hmm. I think the last time I was up in the Bay. Uh, actually, we saw each other. You, you, uh, I was also for my sister. Um, you drove down into San Jose that time. Mm-hmm. Um, that was like what three, four years ago. Yeah, so, yeah. but it feels it always feels familiar. I mean, not much changes in terms of scenery in the Bay Area. So, like, you don't get all this random like new shit, you know. Um, so from that that perspective, it felt good, man. I mean, I I know our our show is called Bay versus LA, but yeah. I won't lie. Like, I love the Bay. I mean, it's not better than LA, but I still love. It. <laughs> <laughs> No, air's air's cleaner down here. People are more is authentic. It I don't, know. I don't, even, know. I don't even want to start that. But I'm just kidding. I'm gonna start kidding. some shit right now, dude. Yeah, you want to start just, some shit? I'm just kidding. I'm just kidding. I'm just kidding. We have yeah. Senor CC. Uh, I love LA too, man. Um, it's you know just what we don't vibes. have? It's different. We don't vibes. really have Filipino fusion here as much. We have Filipino food. 
Yeah. But you don't have anything like Senior Seasick. Like, again, Senior Seasick is really unique, yeah. all right? So, yeah. but you don't have a copy of that. You know, like, there's a lot of things that you just said earlier, like, mm-hmm. that is in NorCal, that's in SoCal now. And things yeah. are in SoCal, that's in NorCal now. Yeah. But something like Senior Seasick, honestly, I haven't seen it, dude. I haven't. Yeah, there's some Filipino spots, but... But not uh, like Senior Seasick, yeah, bro. Yeah, not like Senior Seasick. I mean, Al may beg to differ. I think he hits up a couple of places down there. Oh, okay, um, okay. Maybe we I, need, I need to that. hit up Al then. Yeah, yeah, we, we, we may need to bring that up. Uh, I haven't been to any of those places down in SoCal. There might be mm. a couple of spots, but it definitely is not as pervasive or as at least established as it is... Uh, up here um and i'll tell you this man i feel like i mean la got a lot of other good food options yeah like your korean food Ooh. down there k-town baby yeah it 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 pretty much just you know it annihilates uh norcal korean food in terms of mm-hmm. just options well k k barbecue sp- specifically but like you know what i mean and like I mean, at least with the Taiwanese food, for example, I've always been on the lookout for like the stuff that you you yeah, kind of bring yeah. me. <laughs> Popcorn chicken, that, baby. Ex- exactly right. Like I can't. I there's spots. Like mm. I've asked buddies that are Taiwanese up here mm. where the spots are, and it just ain't the same. So, yeah. I mean, to each his own, right? Every yeah. area yeah. kind of has their their vibe, right? And I mean, being Filipino, I definitely vibe with the food that they have up here. So that was city, man. <laughs> the and, hub. And, yeah, it's the hub, man. You know, you, you you could get all kinds of Filipino cuisine here. You can get like home style traditional. You can have more Spanish, bougie kind of Filipino mm-hmm. food. Do you have the um, the fusion that you so very much yeah. love? So yeah. it's dope, man. I'm glad you liked it, man. I, you know, we 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 only had one shot to get a, a good a good meal, so we had to make it make it work. We took the shot and we sunk it, dude. Yeah. Just like Steph, man. Yeah, that was money in the bank, right? <laughs> uh, actually, this is the perfect transition. I kind of want to, since we're talking about Filipino yeah. food, especially fusion and just the mix, I kind of want to talk about Joe Koi, man. The special. You you got me on that, actually. Yeah, You're like, man. hey, bro, like, I watched the Joe Koi special. Yeah. Um, in, wait, is it In His Element? I think, yeah, I think that's what it's called. Yeah. 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 Actually, you tell me for Like, what did you think of it? I obviously watched it. And it's 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 really interesting because it's not it's a little bit different than a normal Joe Koi special, and Joe Koi kills it each time. Yeah. But he, normally, you just sit in on basically an hour of his stand-up. Yeah. But yeah, this yeah. time, it's a little different, bro. It's a little bit different. So I think. I Shout mean, out to Joe Koi. Yeah, it, it, Joe. <laughs> big fans. Yeah. Big fan, man. Koi Pond podcast on point. <laughs> uh, but yeah, yeah, Joe actually had his new special, and the new special was a little bit different just because he, he generally travels when he does his stand-up. He's done Hawaii. He's done Seattle. Yeah. Um, I don't know if he's done Vegas. I don't think he's done Vegas in terms of uh, these specials that he has mm-hmm. on Netflix. This mm-hmm. time, he flies to the Philippines Ooh. and performs for a Philippine audience. Your so homeland, went, buddy. Exactly. Your homeland. He went, he, he, his homeland, too. So mm-hmm. we he goes to the homeland, and he uses his platform to actually really kind of uh, to, to, to uh, showcase the country and at least kind of uh, give the, the mainstream American mm-hmm. audience a glimpse of his homeland, my homeland, mm-hmm. and just kind of show tidbits of life over there. So he does a little bit of like a food thing. There's a like a yeah. performance angle. There's like a music angle. There's like a dancing angle. So it's kind of dope. I really respect what uh, Joe Koi, Joe Koi's vision was for this special. Yeah. Um, 
in addition to his stand-up where he intersperses that with like all these little vignettes um Mm -hmm. he also features like uh you know other comedians that he he kind of wants to showcase so they're like specifically more, filipino americans yeah yeah filipino american audiences yeah, yeah exactly yeah. right um and joe's on the top of his game like this is like you know yeah. if lebron wants to yeah not that i want to compare joe to lebron but i'm just saying like if lebron wants to do like a project and he yeah. wants to tag his name on it like yeah he can do whatever the fuck he wants you know yeah. what i mean like if lebron wants to you know, feature someone from Ohio. Mm-hmm. He, his name is still on that project, and he can do that. So he's yeah, literally exactly. using his 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 pull, his cachet, to be able to kind of pull that. And I mean, he's LeBron. He's Joe Coy. He's on mm-hmm. fire right now, and he can do whatever the fuck he wants. And that's what he did. He did whatever yeah, the fuck man. he wants. So I respect. Um, I respect his vision. I really love the fact that he was able to showcase Filipino culture. Um, like he was able to show like some perspectives that are really like raw he went to the tenement which is mm. like where like all like you know the poor people are at um mm. and just kind of show like how tough and grimy it is there showcase the jeepney showcase like a bunch of shit mm-hmm. over there food like like regular food the wet market like all yeah. of that shit he did that man so it was kind of dope man what did you think at least initially before we kind of bounce our you know areas for improvement <laughs> well i mean first off i think as you said kudos to joe koi for doing that i think to use his platform and him at his height to highlight the culture because obviously every single special he's done he highlights the culture right he highlights his upbringing how how he is growing up as a filipino and yeah. all, all all that surrounds it the culture wise the culture wise but to do this and also feature you know other comedians up-and-coming comedians that are filipino man like that's that's Honestly, like it's selfless, right? You're you're yeah. trying to you're paying the way forward to the yeah. next generation, and that's yeah. you you gotta tip your hat to that. Yeah, mad yeah. props to that, undoubtedly. And also seeing uh, the stuff, the footage, like you said, the tenement and all this other stuff, stuff that you've told me about. But if yeah. I didn't have that perspective, if we weren't close friends, and I actually have other Filipino friends, and you've and just being around your family, I kind of have that already. Besides your stories. I honestly, that would be eye-opening for me, like yeah. seeing all that stuff. I'd be like, oh, shoot, that's where Joe Koi's from, and that's that's what the Filipinos, that's how they roll. I I think that in itself is or an educational process, and through comedy and through this kind of outlet, it's it's like Netflix, which is huge, right? I think yeah. They probably get so many viewers on that. Um, it's, it's awesome. Um, yeah. I mean, especially this time where there's just like a lot of negative connotations about mm-hmm. Asians in general, just having mm-hmm. sort of like this sort of empowering sort of like educational, uh, you know, worldly view of mm-hmm. like an Asian, um, sort of, uh, perspective is, it was nice, man. So I, yeah, I, I can't give him props enough for, for that, um, on the flip side, yeah. <laughs> no pun intended. Actually, maybe there was. If Joe Coy's listening to this, t- tune out now. <laughs> Just kidding. Nah, Joe, man. If <laughs> nah, Joe is listening to yeah. this, and I don't, you know, I, <laughs> I'm sure he's busy with a lot of <laughs> shit. Like, he probably really respect it. Um, yeah. I'll tell you this, man. I was a little disappointed. Mm-hmm. Um, um, and I think I told you this, right? Like, yeah. I mean, for me, it's like in my, 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 uh, my, my grindhouse, like, I'll I'll yeah. eat the shit up Filipino content so much mm-hmm. like that's just who I am. You are legit but, 
in terms of eating a Filipino con like you, content. You're like watching like variety show. Is it called variety hey, shows? Man. Filipino variety shows. Hey man, don't, don't put me on blast. I'll watch. It. Nah, just kidding. I, I'll, I'll embrace that shit, man. Yeah. I watch all the Filipino variety shows like yeah. fucking Wawa Win and Eat Balaga and ASAP. I'll watch all of that shit. Um, but um, I was kind of disappointed with the stand up, mm. just because once you kind of see it and you see yeah. the label. Like you expect that it's gonna be straight up like a hundred percent Joe Coy yeah. stand up, which is you know that's how he made his money, that's how he made his name, right? Yeah. So I was just, I wanted a, it it in a nutshell, I wanted more Joe, like oh, I wanted yeah. more Joe Coy, like I and I don't want it, this to be a spoilers, but you know for most people um, that haven't seen it, but like um, you know like I would say what. 30 percent is that <laughs> is yeah, that dude. too is that too uh am i shortchanging him like 30 percent of the whole special was probably him he he was money. like pure stand-up pure yeah, stand-up yeah. Pure stand-up. it's 30 percent. like yeah. he was in the show when he was like showing those traveling clips yeah um but it's in terms of pure stand-up yeah, where you'd be like oh joe koi special yeah, yeah it was 30 yeah. percent. yeah it's like it, it's like if you watch like a warrior game right you want to see 48 minutes of stuff right but then yeah, if dude. you just see like you know first half Steph you're like damn man I want to see more Steph that's how yeah. it felt right that's yeah. how it felt uh, and I mean let's face it like there isn't a lot of Steph Curry's out there you no. know what I mean like the other people that he kind of brought to get some exposure like some of them I've even heard of before mm. I mean they weren't on their top game you know what I mean so I was just like man you know I wish there was more more well more actually I, when you mentioned that I I don't know if they're not on top of their game, but I actually think it's the demo, dude. Because yeah. these these guys are Filipino American, yeah. and they're doing comedy in the Philippines. Yeah. So it's different, dude. Like I remember there was one time some guy cracked a joke like, "How many nurses we got here?" And in America, if you were to do that set in San Francisco, it, it, it largely a Filipino crowd, obviously, you're gonna get a huge like uproar. You yeah. know, just people saying, "Yeah, yeah, here, over here." Yeah, yeah. But no, dude, it was like crickets, bro. <laughs> yeah, it was like crickets. Uh, not to say there aren't nurses in the Philippines, but I think it's also a different energy, bro. Like, yeah, doing yeah. doing overseas, like Asians tend to be a little bit more. I don't know, like just straight up Asians in <laughs> Asia, they're not as rowdy. You know what I mean? Yeah, yeah, yeah. That for a comedy crowd, for sure. Yeah. And like I told you this, like. Uh, like Joe, like when he was performing there, he was like, like the big money ticket for yeah. that for the town during that yeah. like whatever how long he was over there. So the 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 people he was performing for, they were probably the bougie of the Filipino people. Mm-hmm. Like even mm-hmm. if you look at the crowd, dude, like yeah. you know what I mean. Like it was very different from the crowd that you'd see at the tenement. And I don't blame mm-hmm. him. I mean, you gotta. I mean, there's a business component <laughs> when you're yeah. when you're when you're doing that. So needless to say, it's like if you do the same type of performance here, like, you know what I mean? Like if people are there to be seen rather than there to really just kind of and I'm sure people there wanted to see his comedy, but it's just a different vibe, man. Again, I felt like it was more of a bougie crowd, uh, probably, you know, some older folks, um, you know, or just a mix. So it's just very different from like a college crowd or like a young, you know, young demographic a yabby mm-hmm. crowd you know what i mean that pretty much just yeah. eats that so like the energy that you'd see from his previous specials from like the hawaii special for example oh, and they yeah, love dude. him in hawaii yeah man. the crowd they was love him. 
yeah. I literally just watched it because I just wanted more Joe Coy, dude. Yeah. Like, yeah, <laughs> exactly, exactly. So yeah, very, very, very good observation, and that's what I speculate to be the issue. It's just like, dude, like you know what I mean? Like, if you perform in Asia and you're like a big name American sort of star, you know, you know, they're gonna, you know, all the bougie people are gonna be coming out to go to that show. Yeah, um, but. You know, given the criticisms, like mm-hmm. what I said, I I I vibe with his his goal, and I appreciate what he's doing for at least the brown Filipino people. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? Like I I respect that. Um, you know, maybe he could do like a two hour special and just give us you know more Joe just to kind of really beef it up. A well, we t- we also talked about this. I think if he also, I mean, again, he, him highlighting you know his friends are comedians up and coming, great, right? You know, I don't want to I don't want to knock them. They did a good job. It's just. You know, like when you're standing next to Joe Coy, like you're playing ball next to Steph Curry, you're not going to look as good. I mean, that's just a reality, right? Like if you're a rookie, you're standing next to Steph Curry, you're still all-world talent, but you're just not going to look as good. But another thing we discussed, you and I, we're like, dude, you know what would be a cool series if Joe Coy just traveled to the Philippines with those comedian buddies and just did like film like their experience, you know, just little clips, little segments of them doing more shit. Yeah, yeah dude, that would be so funny because yeah, that guy's dude. just so naturally funny, man. Yeah, yeah, exactly, right? Like that that one clip where the cat kind of ran. Oh yeah, out, dude. <laughs> that was like the probably the funniest shit that happened oh, in the scene. Because you know what? Having grown up in the Philippines, that shit mm. happens like fucking <laughs> every day, man. Like some random animal just it'll just kind of come up to you, ask for food or something like that, and it, it legit happened. They caught it on tape, dude. I wouldn't have even been surprised if they were doing that dance number and like freaking cats just kind of came through. <laughs> That's as legit as it gets, man. But you know, I appreciate Joe bringing Netflix money over mm-hmm. there and mm-hmm. uh, uh, Netflix eyes. If people come through with the proper expectations, I think they're still going to be enjoying the show. Much yeah. love uh, to Joe. Yeah, with that said, uh, check out netflix joe koi in his element so yeah. you know definitely it's worth watching i mean i i mean our quote-unquote criticism you know it still still doesn't take the fact away that it was a really good special yeah man. um i, I kind of want to move on to the next thing bro like since we're on this whole entertainment asian american asian angle yeah we watched b well we watched b water recently yeah, uh, the yeah. Bruce Lee documentary that was on yeah. 3430 is it yeah, yeah man you were the one that got me on that man. yeah dude I mean, you know me, dude. I'm a big Bruce Lee fan. I mean, I know, man. That you, mug. You, you make fun of my freaking mug, dude. <laughs> the the how many years have you known me? Like freaking, I don't know, I don't fifteen years. Know. I don't even yeah, know. Yeah, Anyways, it's know. it's a ridiculous amount. Yeah. All those years you've known my mug, man. <laughs> that's yeah, the man. only constant in my life, bro. <laughs> that's that's true, man. It, it, it's funny. It's like be water. You hold water in that mug. Um, <laughs> yeah, dude. But, but uh, yeah, dude. That I mean, you got me on that. I know. I'd like. I I. Like, I was making fun of you or that Bruce Lee mug, but now I'm just like, damn, dude, this dude is light years ahead in terms of, like, you know, repping Bruce Lee. So I give you props for that. Amazing document- documentary, mm-hmm. man. It's like that 30 for 30. Like, I straight up watched it, like, at midnight. And you know me. I got kids. Yeah. So I straight up <laughs> stayed up until 3 a.m. to make oh, sure shit. that I finished that shit, man. It was great. So do, do a, a, a sum up, man. What, what, what do you think? Honestly, like, I, I, without getting into all the the details of it, Bruce Lee is a maverick, bro. Like, he pioneered so many things for Asian Americans. But at the time, in the 1970s and stuff like that, like, Asians 
honestly we faced a lot of racism i mean with all this stuff that's going on recently still you know, with do ra- yeah we still do but that back then even more so right like yeah. i mean yeah. we've progressed a little bit but at that point there was no outlet for asians at all in in entertainment you know what i mean like we all those roles were casted for white people like they were that was it was like blackface yeah, but for asians yeah, bro dude. like it was, yellow face it was yeah. terrible i mean yeah. you saw the footage in that yeah, it was just dude. straight up so racist man yeah man it was just man it was <laughs> it was bad bro. <laughs> it made you angry dude yeah, it just definitely made you really angry it actually made my blood boil in terms yeah. of like especially in this sort of racially charged mm-hmm. environment that we find ourselves in uh it it definitely kind of got me triggered a little bit in terms of seeing all of the you know discrimination yeah. and second class citizen citizenry yeah. that you know it's been there for freaking 40 years hundreds of years but i'm just saying like you know at least through bruce lee's perspective the you know, past 40 years not much has changed man we still don't see uh crazy representation although it's slowly getting better right now yeah, I mean, even without getting too deep into it, just the idea of the male, Asian males not being seen as sexy, that really goes down to Hollywood. It really yeah. does. Like, I mean, even before that, the history of white people didn't allow Asians to marry white women, like that was another big thing, right? But yeah. in terms of entertainment, like you, an Asian man couldn't kiss on screen, dude. Yeah. <laughs> that's, that's part of the basis of why we aren't seen as quote unquote sexy. Yeah. In in society, dude. Yeah. Like it's crazy to think that. And yeah. honestly, to, to to put it this way, Bruce Lee made Asian sexy. Yeah. Well, like he did. Just yeah, he did. pure charisma and you know, the martial arts, the kung fu and the Jeet Kune Do that he, he came up with. Like yeah. this dude put us on the map. Yeah, he really did, dude. The confidence that the I mean he was just he was special, man. He dude, was yeah. a once in a generation type of talent. Like he did not give a fuck. Mm-hmm. And he was just like you know he was just killing it and despite that it was still hard for him to oh, still yeah. get past it that's what was frustrating about the whole thing and he knew it right he yeah. knew it like he was fighting like you know hundreds uh you know of years of like mm-hmm. systemic you know racism and again i don't given this racially charged environment um and you know you know with the whole black lives matter movement we can empathize it's yeah. not the same experience, very different, mm-hmm. but there's mm-hmm. some parallels in terms of how systemic this is, whether or not it's showing in film and just like, mm-hmm. like it's still entrenched in people's psyches in terms of how people view each other, uh, particularly in the Bruce Lee documentary being highlighted. Mm-hmm. It's just how the Asian males have been represented, right? And it's just, yeah, man, we've been emasculated in many ways. Yeah. Um, so it's 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 really interesting to see his perspective and how he kind of dealt with it and the way that he kind of talked about it when he was uh, interviewed and, mm-hmm. you know, just how he was being, you know, how, how he tried to look at other avenues where he could really yeah. kind of flex what he wanted to do. So I got to really respect what he what he did, man. I didn't know that about yeah. Bruce Lee. I mean, the cool part about him is, like, he really lived by a philosophy, you know, Mm -hmm. like, be water. I mean, he really wanted to adapt, right? Like, in his martial arts and stuff like that, Jeet Kune Do, like, Mm -hmm. he was adapting, you know? He's not just a reactive. He he realized he got to flow with it, right? Same with how he got through Hollywood, you know? Like, he didn't make it through, in Hollywood, the traditional way in terms of, like, getting casted by... You know, he well, he got cast in a Green Hornet, but that didn't really go anywhere. So he was like, you know what? F it. I'm going to go back to Asia and make some movies. And he was a big star in Asia, and he 
he started blowing up even more and to a point where Hollywood couldn't deny it, right? They were like, okay, all right, you're making great movies. Let's, 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 let's green light some of these projects of yours. And obviously, like, he, you know, he didn't live a long life. He died at 32, but you can see some of his movies later on, Enter the Dragon, Game of Death, The Way of the Dragon. I mean, these are all, like, classics of his yeah. um, where he one of these movies he fought freaking Kareem, Kareem Abdul-Jabbar and yeah. he was also interviewing the doc yeah. mad props to Kareem that gave he gave Bruce Lee lots of props on how he lived his life and stuff like yeah. that pretty dope yeah. stuff dude yeah. yeah yeah definitely like uh, Kareem I mean the fact that he was friends with Bruce Lee just kind of tells you how much he respected the way that Bruce lived his life right mm-hmm. and yeah man you could kind of see it in the collaborations that he was doing and the films that he was doing like he, he just kind of pushed along his vision um so yeah man i really enjoyed that story such mm-hmm. a tragic tragic oh yeah dude. and right i mean it, it's just kind of funny like i was thinking about this like um i mean we talked about kobe before where yeah. a lot of i'm sure it was kind of like a similar vibe in terms of what yeah. had happened in the 70s yeah dude um and what's funny is kobe actually kind of I don't know if he was really into the Bruce Lee thing, but I know that Nike and Kobe released mm-hmm. some Bruce Lee themed stuff. So I feel mm-hmm. like there was a little bit of a connection in terms of the way that they just kind of lived their life. You know, yeah. they're just doing what they, they needed to do. The yeah. level of charisma and just the level of focus to to keep on doing what they wanted to do. Um, so, man, it's just you know these this is the reason why they they have these documentaries it's just these stories are just they're so fascinating so sad so mm-hmm. you know so it's inspiring. just compelling man yeah, yeah it's really really compelling and inspiring so i really enjoyed it thanks for letting me know about um the documentary and yeah man yeah, well i mean for those that listen to our our podcast i mean probably quite a few Asians since we're Asian but even if you're not man it's a documentary worth checking out um, absolutely I mean th- these are the roots man of being Asian American because Bruce Lee was born in San Francisco but he went back to Asia but he eventually found his way back but he he really bridged the gap he was like not a, like a Jackie Chan or Jet Li which are dope movie stars and stuff like that but this dude is different man yeah he was yeah just bred differently different. so sad yeah. so ch- check it out man check it out and you know um, be water for yeah, 30. be water, bro. Be water while drinking water in a Bruce Lee mug. <laughs> <laughs> while eating a barnyard burrito. That's uh, <laughs> yeah, exactly, bro. Let's just get all that the Asian culture in there, dude. Just jam pack it in there. Hey, man, and I'm, while I'm watching glad. a Joe Coy special. <laughs> yeah, I was glad that it, we were yeah. talking about this kind of stuff. Yeah, man. It, it really is out there in in you know in pop culture right now so it's really interesting hey man also at the end of the day we're proud to be asian dude like of course i I don't want to escape that like you know you and i like we're really proud to be asian and you know to to highlight things that in our culture that really bring joy to just us and also the world and can highlight these things about our lives and what we see that's that's the great part talking about this this kind of stuff yep i concur all right let's finish the show talking a little bit nba man because look we, we gotta talk ball in a ball versus life podcast right um last time we we brought leo our boy uh clippers expert and at that point we we're like oh nba's back maybe uh, <laughs> it seems like we got more developments bro like i i think they're gonna play for sure 
But now people are starting to opt I think out, dude. Gonna play for sure. <laughs> hey, look, the money's in the bag, bro. <laughs> oh, yeah, yeah. There's definitely hey, a it, lot of incentive to play for sure. They also said like of the 300 players that uh, that were tested for COVID, 16 were positive, which is a five percent um, rate, which is pretty, pretty. They're pretty optimistic about that. This that that falls in line with what they were expecting, and it's not like some outrageous number like 50 percent. So, with that said. They're, those players are going to quarantine and then hopefully stay, you know, good until they have to go into the bubble. And then at that point, it's just you got to hope everyone follows the rules and there's no outbreak. With that said, it's likely, very likely, almost like I'm thinking like 98% that's going to happen, dude. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Unless things in Florida just go off the off the wall, which it kind of is right it now. It seems like it is a little bit. That's what I'm saying. It seems like it is, but... Uh, they're, Look, they're in the bubble, bro. Yeah. They're in the bubble. Yeah, but that's the thing. It's the like, Disney employees, right? <laughs> yeah, 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 exactly. You got, if that bubble is penetrated by one, then yeah. that bubble is, is gone, man. That's it's why I was popped. freaking out when, when, yeah. when my bubble was freaking pierced by, a, by, by someone. Yeah. Um, but it seems like it's moving forward. So yeah. it's exciting times for you, I can imagine. Well, yeah, until you, you know, Avery Bradley said he's opting out. Look, respect to him. He has to make his own choice. As as we talked about in this beginning of the podcast, we all have our own shit to handle with family, right? Yeah. And, yeah. you know, also social justice and all that stuff. Everybody's but, circumstances are different. Exactly. And you got to respect so, that, right? So I don't want to – I'm not going to criticize him for it. But the, the fact is – pure basketball standpoint anybody who opts out especially someone like Avery Bradley who's a defensive stopper it, it's it, it's gonna hurt your chances you know what I mean yeah that's just the reality so that kind of sucks and also let's just give a shout out to Al and James Kings fans a bunch of Kings tested positive that's not the best look right now <laughs> even though they have time to recover we got healed um who else Jabari Jabari yeah. Alex Len I believe yeah yeah oh no oh, Alex Len is not a, a king anymore it's someone else dude oh really yeah I don't know yeah. I thought he was anyway but uh I saw Actually, Jabari did he sign was... up again no I, I thought I, I, <laughs> this is why we need a guest to verify whether or not we <laughs> gotta get our facts straight. I'm not up there anymore, so I can't verify. But uh, I, I heard that Jabari is playing tennis, though. <laughs> what? How did he get COVID after, playing tennis, dude? No, no. After he got tested oh, oh, positive, oh. so I don't know, man. I don't know if it bodes well for the bubble with regards to <laughs> to all of this. But oh, um, man. but but yeah, like it seems like like what we said earlier with the whole COVID situation. It's, I mean, it almost feels like Adam Silver is even saying that it's an inevitability that someone else is going to get sick. And the idea here is to be able to limit it, have the proper protocols to be able to make sure that um, that everything is kind of contained. I imagine that they're going to be doing a lot of testing on the regular there, if Mm -hmm. not daily, to make sure that people are are good to go. and I think that's the only way that this is going to succeed. Um, you know what I mean? Is they really yeah. got to stay on top of it. But if there's a league that's going to stay on top of it, it's the NBA. Yeah, man. I. Yeah, I. I know it's gonna it's gonna happen, but we'll see what the fallout's gonna be once someone tests positive in the bubble. And I think that will be, if anything, the real tipping point to the season, because at that point, it's like how they're gonna handle it, right? Like if it's someone like freaking. Kawhi Leonard. I don't want to say LeBron anymore because we keep saying, "Oh, what if LeBron tests positive?" I'm tired, tired of putting out that out there. <laughs> biking and whatnot, man. So, uh, but yeah, say it's a big name player. Insert yeah. name um, over Giannis. there. Yeah, yeah, exactly right. 
um, then that could totally shift the you know the the balance of the playoffs. Yeah. Like you know you gotta you gotta quarantine yourself for two weeks, and given the the tight schedule that they have, like. <laughs> That's 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 potentially a series, man. Mm-hmm. So, yeah, that that could change a lot I mean, of these. If you're a if you're a basketball fan and they hold like they hold tight with the bubble and it's not too bad in terms of any any positive cases, the schedule which just came out recently, like it's jam packed, bro. Like you're gonna be able to watch basketball every single day. There's like quadruple headers on like you know on Saturdays and Sundays. I mean, it's gonna be nonstop for probably like a good two months you know it's going to slow down obviously when teams get eliminated and the playoffs start happening but you're going to get non-stop basketball quarantine basketball pretty much for for a good two months so that's the cool part yeah. and we'll see a, a week from now or in a couple of days i think next next week is the is the real deadline to having players opt out of the bubble yeah. or a quarantine ball so we'll see who opts out i think there's a lot of players that you're going to see needing to opt out because of family reasons or social health. justice reasons or whatnot or there's health. there's or health exactly dude sometimes you you might go to the doctor and you realize you're actually high risk because players with asthma that's a high risk yeah. for you so it's not just like diabetes and all that stuff like just having asthma which a good portion of players actually do have that like you are high risk especially if you contract covid so these things we're going to find out soon bro um and then we'll we'll you know, we'll start another episode and kind of update on that. Yeah, yeah. As know. the um, as the season approaches, I'm sure mm-hmm. there's going to be a lot more talking points in mm-hmm. terms of you know how this is going to progress. But as of you know this week, it seems like it's a it's it's a go. So yeah, the we ship shall is see. the ship is sailing forward, man. We'll see if we hit a freaking iceberg or not. <laughs> uh. I don't- it seems like we already did. <laughs> <laughs> the ship is dinged up right now. Oh, We're no, still powering man. forward. We're still powering yeah. through, man. Uh, but yeah, yeah man. It's, uh, it's, it'll be nice to see hoops again. I'll tell you that. Cool, bro. All right, let's end with that. You know, you can follow us uh, us on IG Ball versus Life Official. Shoot us an email at ballversuslife at gmail.com. Rate, subscribe, review, please. It helps a ton. Thank you for listening. I'm so glad we got to be able to talk about this Asian American stuff this this week. Asian pride, bro. Asian pride, man. Let's Hashtag be water. Peace. There you go. Peace.